The narrative may well seem familiar. Someone with some amount of public profile says something daft, tactless, discourteous or even willfully provocative about Islam. Portions of the Islamic world select their reactions from across the spectrum of indignation. We have been here before and we will doubtless return. At issue this time round are remarks made by two figures belonging to India's Bharatiya Janata Party, or BJP, the party which currently governs India and is led by India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Nupur Sharma, the BJP's national spokesperson, speaking during a televised debate last month, cast aspersions on aspects of the personal life of Muhammad. Shortly afterwards, Naveen Jindal, head of the BJP's New Delhi media operation, tweeted a broadly similar sentiment. It took a few days for both outbursts to go properly viral, but go viral they did. Some of what followed was the kind of elementary reputation management undertaken by any political personage or party at such a moment. Nupur Sharma and Naveen Jindal have apologised. Nupur Sharma in a tweet said that she takes back her words if they have hurt any religious sentiments and that her remarks were made in a state of rage. The BJP has nevertheless suspended Sharma and expelled Jindal and issued a pro forma statement about respecting all faiths, condemning the demeaning of any religion, etc. Anybody who believed that this would be an end to it is either to be congratulated for their optimism or upbraided for their naivety. The BJP and Indian authorities generally now find themselves beset by headaches at home and abroad. There is most immediately a policing challenge. Sharma and Jindal claim that they and their families have been threatened with violence and or death, and one does not need to spend much time scrolling the replies on their Twitter feeds to concur that their fears are well-founded. However, police may end up being obliged to arrest as well as protect the pair. Complaints have been made, citing those clauses of India's criminal code which outlaw promoting enmity between groups, that's section 153A, and forbid statements conducive to public mischief, section 505B. In several locations across India, protests have been reported, some violent, some with a sectarian dimension. In Kanpur, in Uttar Pradesh, dozens of people were injured in clashes after a local Muslim activist attempted to orchestrate a shutdown of a local market. Overseas, a great many Wobegone Indian ambassadors are spending wretched hours glumly attending the kind of meetings at foreign foreign ministries at which coffee and biscuits are not offered. At least 15 largely Muslim countries have issued some sort of official condemnation of Sharma and Jindal's conniptions. Social media is ablaze with threats, promises and demands of boycotts of Indian produce. One Kuwaiti supermarket removed Indian goods from its shelves a move which earned its doubtless delighted CEO rather more international coverage than he probably generally expects in a given week. And inevitably, the brouhaha is also being appropriated by the indefatigably tedious culture warriors of the West. Geert Wilders, leader of the Netherlands Party for Freedom and veteran Islam-baiting Blowhard, has urged India to stand up for Nupur Sharma, which is helpful of him. 
As is very usually the case when variations on this theme erupt, one can look long, hard and altogether fruitlessly for any participant in the ruckus acting in pure-hearted good faith. The responses of those claiming to be affronted have been as opportunistic as the original remarks were idiotic. Office holders across the Islamic world, a cohort not infrequently reliant on invocations of disrespect and oppression to mask corruption and incompetence, have seized the chance to make dramatic and defiant gestures in the direction of the cheap seats. If one is to muster any sympathy for India here, it is regarding the difficulties of maintaining a straight face, while absorbing lectures on the merits of tolerance from the House of Saud and the Taliban. The thing, well, a thing here, is that India of all countries should be better placed than most to enjoy affable and collegiate relations with the Islamic world. India is, after all, Earth's third biggest Muslim nation, home to very nearly as many Muslims as Pakistan, whose whole thing is that it is an Islamic republic. But India is also governed by a party which has ruled by dividing, in the BJP's case amplifying an idea that everybody but India's Hindu majority are somewhat conditional citizens, a tactic which has certainly emboldened bigotry and occasionally encouraged violence. This week's flap will sputter and ebb. The commercial links between India and the Gulf states in particular are too big for it not to. But something of the sort will occur again, so long as those on both sides of such rows feel they can profit politically by deploying the rage of a roused rabble. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.